Hey everybody, this is Dan. Yeah, buddy. Gonna see if something might come of this $250 recorder that I dropped it like it's hot in my personal bank account. Ian, what do you think about that? I think you should have charged it on the Amex like you've been charging everything else the last week. Now that Dan has an Amex, it's pretty much over for the company because we're gonna go broke. So this could be the last thing that Dan ever buys. Yeah, buddy. Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. Today, I am joined, as per usual, by my captain, my co-host, a man who sleeps in a sweatsuit in order to save on the heating bill, and that's true. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, we'll share with you one of the ways we're managing Twitter, and it's really jump-started our enthusiasm for that. Also, we'll share with you how to save 35 on a broad range of your purchases. No joke, Ian. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Dan, how you doing, man? What do you mean, how am I doing? I'm sitting right next to you. This is great, man. Second episode in a row, sitting across from each other. I love it. Very cool. On Sunday night, we're going to commit one hour to this program from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Ustream. Go to Ustream.com, type in the Lifestyle Business Podcast, and on 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's 11 p.m. for folks on the East Coast, we're going to record the podcast for the first half an hour, and then we're going to do 30 minutes of Q&A. If you want to see the podcast, come at 8. If you want to ask us questions about what's on your mind, come at 8.30. In the very near future, we're going to be ramping up our production of episodes. Also, we're going to be talking about the information product about flipping cars that we have coming out very short. A couple shouts this time, Ian. I want to give a big shout out to Sebastian Marshall, one of my favorite new bloggers. You can find him at SebastianMarshall.com. Talked to him on Skype the other day. I really like Sebastian. There's not enough people doing blogs like he's doing. He has an insane focus on victory. He wants to win. He's straightforward. How can we get to victory? I enjoy that kind of thinking. Check out SebastianMarshall.com. I expect some big things from him. Also, I want to give a little shout to the Foolish Adventure podcast. If you're not getting enough juice from the Lifestyle Business podcast, these guys are very similar to what we're doing, perhaps even a little bit more focused They're focused on information marketing. This is an excellent podcast, very similar to what we're up to, Ian. Foolish Adventure Podcast, phenomenal podcast about information marketing, online business. Do check it out. Next, we're going to move on to the questions. One question, how to host your website, including traffic spikes. Someone said, hey, you know, you guys are getting a lot of traffic. What's the best host to choose? Go for Bluehost. Right. Unless you need a dedicated IP or something like that. We have had zero downtime with Bluehost, maybe 15 minutes in over a year now working with them. Customer service is baller with those guys. It's pretty hands-off and it's cheap. It's like seven bucks a month. Yeah. And you can have unlimited email addresses. You can have unlimited domain names on your thing. You can have unlimited files. So we have 50 podcasts up on our servers. We've never had a post that's gone absolutely like ridiculously Reddit viral. But I have a lot of friends who are on Bluehost that have and that haven't had problems. There are some issues when you get into dedicated IPs. You need huge customer service. You can go to MediaTemp. You know, seven bucks a month, man. You just really can't beat it. We've got a link on our blog, an affiliate link to Bluehost if you want to support the podcast. Check that out. Those are the hosts that we currently suggest for 90% of websites. At the point that you're not going to use Bluehost, you'll know and you won't need our advice. We got another question from Joel Runyon, blog of impossible things. He has a question about prototypes. Joel's interested in prototypes in general. He wants to hear about our experiences prototyping things. This is a massive issue with businesses. Maybe people aren't focused enough on prototyping. Let's walk through a couple examples of how we might prototype for both information products 
and for hard good products. The point of the prototype is to launch and test market conditions. The idea of a prototype is to get it out there and test your idea. In a hard goods product, when you need to create a prototype, a lot of times you need to consult a professional. You might need to get somebody to work on AutoCAD or SolidWorks if you're making a physical model. But I think it's important to get a professional involved to get a prototype out there. What you don't want to do is you don't want to make a prototype in the physical world that's not going to be very close to what your actual production is. Create something that's as close to production as you can be for as cheap as possible. Don't make a prototype. Have the factory make a prototype. You need a 3D model or a mechanical specification in a professional program. The one that I would suggest is SolidWorks. If you don't know what SolidWorks is, and if you don't know what AutoCAD is, maybe you shouldn't be doing a manufactured product. Right. You should get a partner that can do this stuff. I wouldn't be in the hard goods business if it weren't for you because I'm not going to understand how to create these models. I wouldn't try to outsource this. I just wouldn't. If you're a company that makes hard goods, you need somebody in the company. You can't go on Odesk and get a Brazilian designer to make a SPAC and then send that off to China. I've never heard of that work. Get somebody in your company, your partner, your first employee, whatever it is, create this mechanical SPAC, send it to a factory that makes similar product. Pitch them. Absolutely. You want to make sure that you present yourself well so that they put the effort into developing a decent prototype. Make sure that you make a prototype at a factory that can manage the production. You should also understand the purchasing price for a production too. Make sure you understand the volume production price before you go with that factory. Because what you don't want to do is end up with a decent prototype price. And then when you go to production, you're not going to be able to hit budget on it. Sort of corollary to all this. And there's sort of a red flag that sometimes goes up. My opinion about protecting your ideas is forget it. It's like not worth your energy at this point. If some Chinese guy decides that he's going to like run with your mechanical specs, make a million dollars off of them, whatever run to production as fast as possible because according to Kevin Kelly, there's at least five or 10 people in the world that are working on exactly the same thing you are, whether you like it or not. Let's talk a little bit about information prototypes. The idea is to put a product up on the internet as fast as possible in order to test if there's a market for this. You put up a website, you drive traffic to it, you check out what your conversion rates are, and that's going to give you an idea of whether this is even something worth going for. This is a relatively simple process. You go to Bluehost, you sign up for seven bucks a month. You get thesis on there. So when you sign up for Bluehost, Ian, you go down to scripts. Once you're in the C panel, the back end of your host account, and you say, I want to install WordPress. You put that up at your domain, whatever your domain is, iansawesome.com. Boom, you're up there. You've got thesis running. You put your product up there. You put the buy now button in there and you see if people start clicking on this thing. Right. That's it. That's it. There's nothing much more to it. But that moves us on to what we want to talk about today, the meat and potatoes, a naughty way to start your business for $300, part one, your first eight hours. So here's the idea, Ian. $300, one week to start a business. We have the experience. We've done this multiple times before. Getting this experience is critical. Our listeners want to know more about how to get off the ground and running. We're not going to talk about naughty today. Naughty's going to come in part two. Right. But the first part here, we're going to talk about how to mine yourself for ideas and how to get running in less than eight hours. So dear listener, listen to our advice and set your clock for eight hours after this episode. If you're just getting started, the critical thing to understand is you're not going to be satisfied with your idea after eight hours. You're not going to be confident. You're not going to be pumped up. You're going to be worried. You're going to be insecure. You're going to be fearful. That's fine. It's totally normal. That's where we want you to be. That's why the clock's going to go off at eight hours. Don't start this eight hour process after you've thought about it for a whole week. (laughs) Start it right away. Thinking is totally overrated. You're going to feel stupid. We've got that established. Here's the issue. The first step of this whole process, Ian, is that you need to identify a product. We're not going to suggest that you do a service. Service is a lot easier. If you want to be a web designer, if you want to be a consultant, fair enough. 
But that's not really what we're talking about here. We want businesses that create us passive incomes, assets that grow over the years. So you need to identify a product. You need to create a product or you need to buy a product. Right. Buy a product that you can sell or you need to create a product. Here's some things you're going to do in your first hour. You've got to choose one of these and you just got to do it. Right. Here's one idea I got, Ian. I've done this once so far and it worked out great. And I'm going to do it again with a secret product. It's not so secret, but we're going to launch another information product in Q1. The first one is called a brain dump interview. The way I did this with you in Bali was I sat down and created an outline and created a sales letter. Then I sat you down for seven hours and I fleshed out that outline with audio content. You dumped my brain. Pretty much. Since that time, Ian, we've created a 15,000 word ebook. How many pictures do we have in the ebook? We have diagrams and pictures. Probably 50 pictures. We've done worksheets. We've done podcasts. We've done video. We've got an incredible amount of content that all resulted from this first brain dump interview. The idea behind a brain dump interview is maybe you've got like a weird uncle that knows a lot about tennis. Maybe your cousin Bob runs a restaurant and he's like a restaurant expert. The idea is to go up to these people, interview them for several hours and just have them spew out onto your tape recorder or your digital recorder everything they know about their business or their idea. And the cool thing about this is this pretty much unmasks that everyone is an expert in something. You're taking advantage of that and you're dumping somebody's brain. Exactly. Before I left for Vietnam the first time three years ago when I quit my job, I was really passionate about this concept of farm-to-plate restaurateurship. Which is really popular in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I used to go around to these restaurants and I was a frequent customer. I was really into this idea. I knew that other restaurateurs were into this idea too and they wanted to learn from the people that were making successful businesses off of this idea. And right. me as an entrepreneur, I was very interested in this. I looked at it not as a restaurant-specific thing but as a strategic move on the part of certain restaurateurs. So I actually contacted sort of local minor celebrities that had no interest whatsoever in like sort of marketing themselves online as a person and started to hash out some deals like royalty deals over the course of a couple years plus backlinks. These are deals that you can really cut with experts. This is a way to really incentivize people to sit down with you for a few hours and dump their brain. Right. You only need seven hours and it could result in thousands of dollars of income for you over the next few years. You can cut that deal, dear listener. Another way people are talking about to create a product online is to write a book, Ian. And there's a lot of ways to write a book. One way is you can just sit down and you can start writing. If you're not a great writer, you can record yourself. I don't know how many of you guys out there download ebooks. There's some pretty crappy ebooks out there that are selling for $15, $20, $100. Get yourself out there, start buying some ebooks. See the level. I don't think people really understand the level of some of these ebooks. Some of them are very low quality and people are still willing to pay for them. Don't think of yourself as having to be an excellent writer. The name of the game here is just getting yourself started. Absolutely. And so you could use something like Dragon Naturally Speaking software if you wanted to speak into your computer and have it write type for you. You could record yourself and send it to a virtual assistant on Odesk that they could transcribe your text for you. You could hire a virtual assistant to write a book for you. In fact, that's what I did for OutsourceThePhilippines.com and we'll be starting to market that book sometime this year. So let's move on to buy a product. The first way I would do this is you absolutely have to be involved in products here that you consume yourself. You gotta be into this stuff. I, granted, I'm not a farm-to-plate restaurateur, but I was a consumer and interested and I understood the broad strokes of what makes this kind of thing appealing and I could see myself involved in that for a while. It's really tempting to go after pure market opportunities. The bottom line is you're not gonna be able to sustain that energy over the course of the many years it's gonna take to become successful. 
Now, I don't want to get people thinking that you're going to have to be in this business for two to three years. So maybe you come up with a short-term plan. Maybe you're only invested in this for six months to a year. Because really, the point here is to just start a business. And to fail or succeed, it doesn't really matter as long as you started and you got the experience. So I don't think it's necessarily important that you see yourself in this type of business that we're talking about right here in three years. Right. But I do think it's important that you start and that you have an interest. Absolutely. You could go to Alibaba.com, look at a bunch of manufactured products that are out there. Again, you don't need to have a great idea, not an innovative idea. You just need to find a product that you want to hustle. Alibaba is a place where you can buy products from overseas in China. One of the things that's scary about Alibaba is a lot of times they have minimum quantity orders. Sometimes it's 10,000, sometimes it's 1,000. When you call these manufacturers, they're willing to take much lower product numbers than that. Somebody that's saying you can only buy 10,000 coolers, well, it turns out if you actually call them, write them an email, you can buy 500 of them. So don't be turned off by that. Get yourself an Alibaba account. It's free. Sign up. These people love to talk to Americans. I mean, they just see it as an opportunity. If you get on there, download the Skype. It's basically like a Skype client for Alibaba. A lot of times you can talk directly with these manufacturers. They get super excited, start sending you diagrams, pictures, pricing, all this stuff. Don't worry about getting the product over here. There's tons of people that can do that for you. Right. Another thing you could do is offer to be an affiliate or find a JV partner with a hot new product that's out there. You can go to clickbank.com, for example. Identify the people that are at the top of the charts there. See if you can get a personal contact with them. Hey man, I'm interested in fitness. That means that I'm going to try to knock my head against this new ab technique or this new kettlebell technique. I know Tim Ferriss is talking about kettlebells. I always knew kettlebells were going to blow up. Find a product that exists out there that I think has a unique angle that I can develop an affiliate relationship with and make 50% or 60% of the sales off. Yeah, ride somebody's coattails. Absolutely. Consider that nine out of 10 businesses track with the market. Consider this. So number one, of course, you need to be passionate about the topic. You don't need to be an expert. You need to be passionate. Number two, if nine out of 10 businesses track with the market, you want to find a market that's on the upswing. Unless you've got a game changing idea that's going to help the market restrict in size. A lot of businesses destroy businesses like Craigslist, for example, destroyed newspaper classifieds. If you've got an idea like that, it's sort of a different story and you're genius and maybe you don't need to be listening to this podcast. We're hoping that by taking these steps and building these businesses that someday we can get to that genius level. It takes a couple swings at the bat before you can start knocking them out of the park, I think. A couple things like data-driven nutrition, Ian, I think is going to be a huge trend over the next 15 years. Anything that has to do with genetics, new healthcare advances, gaming, dating, online relationships, kettlebells, online education. These are all things that are growth markets. Lifestyle design, I think, is still a growth market. Look into this stuff. Saturation is not a bad thing. Oftentimes, it's a good thing. Three things we want you to do. We want you to get started immediately. We want you to look into these opportunities, choose something that lines up with your passion that you think, you know, there's something, there's a rising market trend, something that you have a relative amount of competence in that you can get started in. And we want you to get started after this. And ask Dan about how often does your passion change, Dan? What, about every 10 minutes? About every 10 minutes, You don't have to be passionate about this for the rest of your life. You just have to be passionate enough to see this through kind of to the end and try and sell some product. Don't worry about it if you don't want to be an expert on this five years from now. Silo your alias or silo your name from Google. Use a different name if you want to launch from something else. If you see yourself selling snowboards this year and tractors next year, silo off your identity. That's a great idea. And siloing is not a standard nomenclature. Siloing is a term that software developers use to talk about putting data in different places that separate from each other. If you want to create a saleable information market, 
marketing business. David D'Angelo, for example, Double Your Dating, that's a famous product developed by Even Pagan. And so David D'Angelo becomes this personality, becomes this alternate identity. Because at the time, he was concerned about being associated with the dating market. So this is a great thing you can do. If you want to develop a different persona that you can then sell on to the next person or to keep separate from your corporate job or whatever it is you want to do, it's a great suggestion. So we want you to get started immediately. Eight hours and you're out the gate because here's the thing. Experience is the real valuable knowledge. I can listen to every single episode of This Week in Startups and the net effect of that for me is gonna be that I can have longer conversations with people. I don't actually know anything more. You have to put knowledge into action in order to have that sort of profound, innate knowledge and to own it and own it by confidence. That's that feeling, Ian, that I know that tomorrow, if you took away all my money, all my assets, gave me two months living expenses, gave me a thousand bucks, gave me a laptop. I know that I can make a living next year. I absolutely know that. So what's the difference between me and the person listening to this that doesn't think that about themselves? I don't think that it's I have insight into a particular marketplace. I've experienced what it feels like to do that multiple times. I don't have the fears that are holding me back from acting. Setting yourself up to actually execute, like that's why we're saying eight hours. Like you can only develop a business idea for eight hours because what lies beyond that eight hours is the real gold, is the real knowledge. So once you get started, allow yourself to fail here. You're gonna feel stupid. You're gonna look stupid. Look at us. We look stupid every single time we get on the microphone. All the time. We just did two podcasts about losing thousands and thousands of dollars. We're just proposing you lose a couple hundred here. So swallow your pride, expect yourself to fail, but also expect that if you throw enough spaghetti on the wall, some of it's gonna stick and you're gonna move forward. Next time, Ian, we're gonna get on to the naughty part. That's your first eight hours. We wanna give you an offer, podcast listener, if you come up with a crappy idea in eight hours or any idea or a brilliant idea and you want a little bit of tweaking or feedback on it, send that to us. You know our phone number. You know our email address, Dan and Ian at Lifestyle Business Podcast. We promise we will respond with a little bit of juice, a little bit of kick in the butt. Whatever it is you need to help get started, we're offering that right now. And of course, we'll be on Ustream next Sunday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny joke section. We've never told a funny joke. I don't think we know any funny jokes. I don't think we're very funny. We're not very funny guys. Okay, here's a quick tip, Ian. TweetDeck for Chrome browser. I use TweetDeck to manage my Twitter accounts. I can do all kinds of cool things. The reason I don't use just normal Twitter.com is I like to track different key terms. And we've got different Twitter accounts. Exactly. I've got three different Twitter accounts right now. So I want to watch what everybody's saying. So I've got like 25 different columns. Anybody who talks about Manila, or WordPress, or freelancers, or outsourcing, or Jason Calacanis. I follow everything that everybody says about Jason Calacanis just because I'm curious about him this week. And so those are some great things that TweetDeck can do. Well, now it's in the Chrome browser. Of course, Chrome is the best browser. It's an actual plugin that turns the TweetDeck application into just one tab. So TweetDeck was an actual application that you launched. On Adobe Air. So it was like a desktop application. Now it's in the Chrome browser. It's incredible in a little bit of disbelief because it's like better than the Adobe Air application. There's some cool functionality. One of my biggest bones with Twitter has always been when I want to mention somebody, if I want to mention Sebastian Marshall, I want to tweet about him. Hey, Sebastian, great blog post. I have no idea what his Twitter handle is. So I got to go to Google and type in Sebastian Marshall Twitter and then copy and paste. That's awful. That's such crap. Now, if you type in an ampersand and then you type in S, 
it brings up all your friends that start with an S. That's baller. It's so baller. And there's a lot of other really cool functionality in TweetDeck for Chrome. One other hot tip with that, I think it uses less battery power. I think TweetDeck is like a very battery intensive program. I'm no scientist on this stuff, but that's just my guess. So download TweetDeck for Chrome. Oh yeah. One other quick tip, we've been talking a lot about reincorporating. Since now we have more control over our organization, we're getting very serious about how we manage our expenses. What we want to suggest to everybody, here's something that maybe I never even really articulated to myself clearly until a little while ago, which is all expenses that are personal expenses are, depending on your tax bracket, for an average American, 35% to 40% more expensive. This whole issue of expenses, and tax breaks, business write-offs. My dad, this is always his favorite thing about the fact that I have a business. He always says, great, you'll get all those write-offs, you know? I never really sort of figured out or expressed to myself what all these write-offs are about. It's sort of the black area for me. Like, I don't want to think too much about spending the business's money. This week, we've been really talking about this stuff. Because we made some money this last year. So we went to the tax guy and turns out that we made a bunch of money that we probably shouldn't have made, meaning we should have spent this money because we were buying things anyways for, for us personally or for the business. It probably made sense to buy things on the business. Especially if you run a lifestyle business where a lot of your personal goals are sort of mixed mashed in with the business. So here's our suggestion. Even if you're considering starting a business, you should go out and set up a business, set up an LLC, set up the most low cost business structure you can and start creating expenses on your business immediately. The reason is this, and I never really expressed it to myself this way. The difference in the cost of items is profound, extraordinarily profound. Let's take the case of a computer. Let's say one of our listeners makes 50 grand a year and he or she wants to go out and buy a computer. That computer is $1,000 plus sales tax, depending on what state or country you're in, add another 7% to the computer. You're at 1,070, so you're $70 over. Here's one thing that I was never really clear about, but it makes so much sense. They've paid income tax on all their money right. already. So maybe around 30% or more. And if you're making 50 grand, maybe it's like 34% income tax. What that means, that computer is 34% more expensive to that person than me who buys my computer for my business because of course right. I'm going to be using it in my business. That's $340 plus the $70. So you're at $410 more expensive. The listener who has not yet set up a business entity is paying $1,410 for a computer I paid $1,000 for because my computer was tax deductible. So pre-tax versus post-tax spending. It's just mind-blowing to me that I haven't taken this more seriously over the last couple years. It is so much easier to save money than it is to make money. And I used to be all about the front-end hustle, Ian, and I'm still all about that. But if you're even thinking about starting a business, you need to go out and set up an incorporation right away because you need to start making purchases that are going to benefit your business. You want to make sure that all those purchases that would have been personal expenses now go on the business. When Ian and I I go out and have lunch, that's a $30 lunch, and we talk about our business, that is a pre-tax expense. So our lunch is $30. The person who doesn't have a business, their lunch is $30 plus sales tax plus your income tax rate, which in California could be over 36%. Right. This is absolutely critical. If you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, the first step is understanding how to manage your cash and your finances. And the first step to that, meeting with an accountant, setting up your business infrastructure, that $200 consultation fee, you're going to make it back 
in a few months. Right. Ian, thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Today we're going to play you out with We Are Scientists, new record. Love to rock with these guys. Do you think this is going to inspire some cold calls? I'm going to make a cold call to my mother later tonight. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, Ian. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. You're smart enough to make your mistakes and act like you wanna walk off the residual pain and forget how you got it. When that's got finished lasting away, and that's just the problem. If you're the nice guy, act like the nice guy. If you're the nice guy, act like the nice guy.